to say, um, happy birthday. Happy birthday, church. For two years, and we've come this far, by God's grace, um, as I look at this very place where we started, right here, two years ago, and I see all of your faces, um, different faces than what we started, than when we started, but no less um, warm faces, family faces, and friends, and um, beloved. So I'm really, really happy. Um, I consider myself the luckiest pastor in the world. And I, I really mean that. The luckiest pastor in the world to pastor this congregation and to pastor all of you. And so I'm really grateful. And I just want to start this special time, our second birthday, with a prayer of thanks. So could you bow with me and pray once again? God, thank you. Thank you for bringing us here. Thank you for bringing us back to the beginning. Thank you for the stories that we can now tell that become legendary. Thank you for seeing us through thick and through thin, good and bad, up and down. Thank you. God, we're so grateful for this wonderful community. And if I can just say, personally, I am so grateful for this church. I'm so thankful for everybody here, for their commitment, for their faithfulness, for their friendship, and for their stewardship. And God, I pray now that we would have a wonderful, wonderful day that the food would cook on time, that everybody would enjoy and eat a lot, and that we would just have a ton of fun. Thank you for the special day, and in Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to share a, a brief word. It's not going to be long. I'd rather have us more open up and share. Um, so at the end, I'm going to invite you to share how Woven has blessed you. And when you do that, what we'll do is we'll pass the mic around, because we are going to record this. I mean, I don't want to make you uncomfortable, but it's, you know, a, a momentous occasion to celebrate our second birthday, and so for that reason, I am mic'd up, not because you can't hear me um, in my own living room, or, but we are going to record it, so that's why we're going to pass the mic around and just give you a chance at the end to share. I'm going to share very briefly from the book of Isaiah and um, talk through two headings. So if you have a bulletin, and if you, if you don't have one, just raise your hand and we'll pass it around, make sure it gets to you. In the notes, you'll find our two headings for today. They are the unexpected Savior and the unexpected deliverance. The unexpected Savior and the unexpected deliverance are two halves for our short talk today. And what I'm doing is I'm just going to set the stage for next Sunday. Next Sunday is going to be the big culmination of the Isaiah series. It's going to be the big climax of this whole thing as we've been talking through Isaiah which is the fourth and last servant song, The Suffering Servant. And you get the sense of a buildup today in these passages that we're going to read and proclaim today as gospel. You get the sense that there's something very, very big around the corner. And so next Sunday, we'll talk about that. But today we set the stage and begin with that first half, The Unexpected Savior. Isaiah chapter 52, verse 7. So I'd like for us to read that together, the proclamation of Scripture, verse 7. All together, let's read. How lovely on the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who announces peace and brings good news of happiness, who announces salvation and says to Zion, your God reigns. Amen. 
When I was 11 years old, I swore I'd never go back to church. I said, once I hit high school, I'm an adult. So mom and dad can't make me go to church anymore. And my parents said, okay. But around that time, before I could enact that commitment to not go to church, I had a friend who was in high school, and his name was Danny Kim. And Danny Kim was just a good old guy, a really nice guy. Sometimes he got irritated at me because I always tagged along with him. I was a junior. He was probably six or seven years my senior. And I'll never forget Danny, and to this day, I owe him a tremendous debt of gratitude because he did three things for me. Number one, he taught me how to get girls (laughs) through playing the guitar. That's what it was. He taught me how to play the guitar. And I figured if I could play the guitar like him... Maybe I could make the girls impressed. So he taught me how to play the guitar, and it was really awesome because he taught me everything I knew, all the strum patterns. I remember at one point he got irritated. He's like, no, like this. But he continued and persisted, and finally it got to a point where, thank you, Danny. I believe I surpassed him when it came to the guitar. But he was glad to teach me. The second thing he taught me was how to play volleyball. And it was the same thing. I was like, is this how you do it? Is this how you do it? And once again, I could sense he got irritated at me, so he would hit the ball at me harder. And and there's a move that you call the dig, where you receive the ball and you're able to dig it back. And I dug every single one, and I got better and better. I don't know if I've surpassed him, but I'd like to say I've surpassed him in that as well. But he he gave these gifts to me. He taught me how to play volleyball. Um, And to this day, uh, 25 years later, I'm still playing. In fact, I'm going to play tonight. The third thing that he gave me was just a lot of encouragement. Danny Kim encouraged me like nobody else. He had a gift. He was a very warm, very friendly guy. And he did this oftentimes with a big goofy laugh, and he did it in front of other people. And you know what, guys? It made me feel really, really good. He encouraged me, and he was very generous, and he did it in front of other people. And for that, to this day, 42, 42, almost 30 years later, I can say how lovely are the feet of Danny Kim, who gave me good news and showed me a different way to live. Because here's the thing, friends, if it wasn't for Danny Kim, chances are today I'd either be divorced I'd be unemployed, I'd be addicted, I would be depressed, or I would be all of the above. And knowing myself and my personality, if it wasn't for the influence of religion and for the Christian faith on my life, I would really be kind of messed up knowing myself. Danny Kim has beautiful, beautiful feet. And I'd like for you to think, Who in your life has beautiful feet? Who has beautiful feet? And I can sense everybody's looking around at each other's feet. Who has beautiful feet in your life? Who was your Danny Kim? Who was the one who delivered the gospel to you, whether it was 20 years ago, two years ago, two months ago, two hours ago, two minutes ago? Who brings good news in your life. You know, that's where the word gospel comes from. That phrase, to bring good news, that's where gospel, the idea of gospel comes from. So what's this good news? 
What is the good news? And we, we're building this up now as we lead to the fourth servant song. The good news is this in verse 8. Let's read that together. Verse 8, 9, and 10. This is the good news. All together now. Listen, your watchmen lift up their voices and shout joyfully together, for they will see with their own eyes when the Lord restores Zion. Break forth, shout joyfully together, you waste places of Jerusalem, for the Lord has comforted His people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has bared His holy arm in the sight of all the nations, that all the ends of the earth may see the salvation of our God. This is the gospel. How many of you feel like a waste place of Jerusalem? <laughs> I've been in my missionary travels um, around the world. I've seen waste places in different countries around the country, around the world. They're pretty rancid. <laughs> How many of you... If not now, or at any point in your life, have ever felt like a waste place, like a place of waste or dumping or refuge, amen, I've been there too, where I've been heaped on with so much shame or so much low self-esteem or so much guilt, and what we need is a, a voice and a word of hope. What we need is this word, shout joyfully, you'll see that God restores. So the gospel is this. You waste places of Jerusalem. The Lord is going to restore you. He will restore you. He will sing over you with shouts of joy and songs of consolation. He will say, I love you because I love you, because I love you, because I love you. And in that love, you'll find new meaning for your life. You'll find the esteem that you lost and couldn't find. You'll find the hope to beat the habits. You'll find the new strength to do new things. You'll find, you'll find the gospel. You know, I find it interesting here, the appeal to our senses. The first word in verse 9, in verse 8 is what? Listen, I'm going to tell you. And then throughout this passage, it says, listen, now that I've got your attention, see, see with your eyes for yourself. Remember last week, what, how, what, was, the, what was the reflection that I said? If we hear, we forget. If we see, maybe we'll remember, but it's only until we do that we understand. And so he's leading us through this process. Listen, but you'll forget. So see. The Lord is going to show you, and you're going to see with your own eyes, that phrase, uh, with our own eyes in the Hebrew, ayin ba'ayin. Ayin means eyes. Literally translates eye to eye. And what we're talking about is clarity. You'll see the work of God in and among you. And I'm going to share uh, about some of the miracles we've seen with our own eyes, with our own eyes, even in this church. And finally, through doing and obeying, we'll understand. We'll say, I get it now. You'll see. So this is the application. Something just to think about. The fill in the blank is look twice for the unexpected. Look twice. When we started this church, there were so many things that happened 
that I did not expect. Look twice. Look twice for the unexpected. You will see with your own eyes. The second half. So we started off this first half, the unexpected Savior. Because the, G, uh, the Jews, they did not expect a Savior. In fact, He walked in their midst. With their own eyes, they saw Him, but they didn't realize. So look twice. The unexpected Savior is in our midst. Look twice. The unexpected Savior is here among us. But what does He do? And this is the second half. He delivers. The unexpected deliverance is the second part. Let's read verses 11 and 12 together. Depart, depart, go out from there. Touch nothing unclean. Go out of the midst of her. Purify yourselves, you who carry the vessels of the Lord. But you will not go out in haste, nor will you go out as fugitives. For the Lord will go before you, and the God of Israel will be your rear guard. And so there's something being communicated here to leave, to go out from her. Who is her? Now, to talk about the, uh, the gender use in, in Hebrew language, her can speak of a city. Her can speak of a location. So they're saying, leave, Isaiah is saying, leave from this place. Leave. The question is where? And when we look at this context... This is speaking about departing from somewhere and don't go as fugitives. You're not going to go in rush and haste, but the God of Israel will be your rear guard. This is talking about a historical event. Does anybody know what event? In the Old Testament. The Exodus. This is talking about the Exodus because at this time the Jewish people were already slaves again. And recognizing that they need a deliverance. They need to be saved. And the word there is depart. We're going to leave. We're going to be set free. We're going to be set free. So wake up and depart. And that phrase, depart, depart, repeated twice. Um, it echoes verse 1 of chapter 52. Verse 1 says, awake, awake. And I like the way it sounds in Hebrew. In, in uh, the awake, it says, uri, uri. Awake, awake, uri, uri, and then depart is suru, suru. So it's saying, oh, uri, uri, suru, suru, wake up, wake up, it's time to go. So here's what happened. Monday, or not Monday, Friday. Friday, um, I started my work day at about 8 o'clock, and I was swamped. Um, I've been very busy, you know, preparing for today, and then we had membership, and then we had um, premarital, and we had a lot of things going on. And I was so busy, I was literally working until midnight on Friday night, and I was ready to kind of kick back and unwind, and then at 1 a.m., we got a phone call, and it was Jenny, and Jenny said, my water broke, and we have to bring Daniel over to spend the night with you, and this was, this was not like a surprise. It was already prearranged, and we were ready for this, well, kind of ready, so Daniel comes into our door at about 1, 1.30, hangs out and stays up until about 3, and, it was, it was, and it's kind of been like that, a marathon weekend. Even yesterday was very busy, but the whole point is this. Imagine what it must have been like, what it must have been like for poor little Daniel. At 1 a.m. in the morning, right, these are little children. They go to bed at like 5 or something, 
And all of a sudden, June comes into his bedroom, right? And he says, if he was Hebrew, he'd say, Uri, Uri, Suru, Suru. Uri, Uri, Suru, Suru. Wake up, wake up. It's time to go. It's time to go. And there's a sense of urgency about it. Uri, Uri, wake up. Suru, Suru, time to go, time to go. That's the sense that's being conveyed in these passages. Uri, Uri, Suru, Suru, wake up, wake up. It's time to go. And that's what the Jews had to do in the middle of the night. When the Passover took place and they were about to depart, Uri, Uri, depart, depart, time to go. This historical event is being talked about here. And the same sense of get ready, something's coming. Something huge like you've never, ever seen before is coming. And that thing is going to be talked about next Sunday. But this big thing, that's what we're waking up. That's what we're departing for, friends. I believe with every fiber of my being that year three of Woven is going to be the best ever. I don't know what it is. I'm not saying we're going to be splitting at the seams or all this great. I know that God's going to do his good work this new year starting now. I just know it. It's going to be our best year ever. Why? Because I know that it's going to be unexpected and it's going to be better than we thought. It's going to be better than we thought. This third year is going to be awesome, friends. Need I remind you and close with this last story? We never expected Woven to be what it is. We never expected things to work out the way they did. You couldn't even script how we met two years ago right here. You couldn't script it. I remember. I remember um, different faces, but we were gathered around about the same, same, same crowd. Now, keep in mind, about half of our people are away on vacation or having babies or whatnot. But number about, you know, a crowd about this size. And, and I remember Paul was sitting right there. And I remember because I, I just remember your tears, brother. I remember him crying. In fact, he was the only one. A lot of us were crying because of the news that we received that week um, with our baby Luke. And if I could share this story again... Nobody wants to start a new thing with, with what seemed to be a death. And I remember seeing with my own eyes when I went to the hospital on, I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday before our first gathering here, and I was preparing myself, but when I first saw Luke tubed up and everything, I, I, I was already taken aback. I was like, whoa. And as, as we, he was on life support throughout the week, and as Kathy broke down Saturday night before we started here, I'd never seen my cousin-in-law cry like that, saying, what do we do now? Do we do first right, or do we do last rites or something? What do we do? And for me, I had this shadow, all of us did, over our heads, like we're starting this, we're trying to give birth to this church, and yet what we had was almost something like a death. And I was getting ready to prepare a funeral for our newest baby. And we started our first gathering and people were crying, and we were praying for Kathy and Andy and for Luke and Andrew, and we're getting ready to basically turn off life support on Sunday or Monday. But nobody expected that. Guys, I didn't plan this. I didn't orchestrate this. You couldn't even script this. This is God. This is God. And that afternoon when Ashley and I and the kids drove to Texas Children's and Kathy and Andy gave us the news and said, something's happening. Luke is rallying. 
And the doctors are beginning to say that this is, gonna, this, this, is, this is turning around. I mean, what were the chances, Andy? It was like at that point almost less than 10%. Less than 10%. But all of a sudden, things were turning around. And by Monday, the doctors were saying, we're no longer talking about end-of-life issues. This baby's going to live. This baby's going to live. But we're facing brain infarcation, which means brain death. Okay, we're still holding our breath. By Tuesday, the results come back. Zero percent, am I right? Zero percent brain infarcation, zero percent brain death. By Wednesday, already I was in the hospital and I saw all the swelling down and I saw um, m -m 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 -m. And the doctor said, no, you can say it, you can say it. Miracle. Kathy and Andy themselves, doctors. And I remember Kathy saying, God is bigger than science. God is greater than science. The doctors, the attending physicians overseeing this whole case were crying themselves and saying, we're sorry, we didn't expect this. We thought Luke was going to die. We didn't expect this. And I remember the second Sunday we gathered here, like the book of Acts, all sitting here blinking, saying, what's going on? This is freaky. This is amazing. We never thought that this would happen. Friends, you can't script what God will do. He will do for you what you can't do for yourself. And constantly, and this has been my experience, he's going to surprise you again and again and again. So friends, here's to year three and to new surprises and to unexpected wonderful things. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to um, just pass the mic around and I want to just open it up. What has woven meant for you? How has it surprised? How has it blessed you? And um, try to keep it short because, you know, I mean, I mean, hey, we've got all afternoon, but we got to head on over to visit uh, baby Dan, uh, baby Luke, I'm sorry, <laughs> baby Eli after this. You know what? I'm going to say one last thing. You know, we've got numbers karma in this church. Um, I don't know if you realize, but baby Eli was born on the same day as baby Luke. And um, July 16, is that right? July 16 is baby Eli's birthday. We've got numbers karma. That shows me God is at work. In the Hebrew Bible, there's no word for coincidence, friends. It's not in God's vocabulary. All right, who wants to go first? Come up. Oh, he's going to the bathroom. Oh, I okay, he's getting up to... Go to the bathroom, too. Because Paul's next. Um, <laughs> this will be quick. I, I think um, that was, you know, just a phenomenal way um, to show that God was really present. But I think that over the last two years, what, what Woven has really done for me is it's allowed me to function everywhere else in life, whether it's at work, um, managing people, uh, out just kind of playing basketball or at the gym. You know, the relationships that you make at this church 
um, are genuine. I think that's the thing. You know, how many times have you guys been to a church where you just feel like, yeah, that's great. Something to do on Sunday. It's just great. They have programs here, programs there. And, and not saying that we don't want programs. We want programs, right? But the actual relationships that you make while serving, trying to actually accomplish something on a week-in and week-out basis. I mean, look, we're taking everything here, and we're going to a school right now, right? Think about that. You would just think, hey, that's just something that, hey, that's what we do. But it's a lot of work that goes into that. A lot of people that actually help in that, you know, weekly, day-in and day-out type of struggle. And so... <clears throat> As a natural thing that happens there, when you get to, uh, together and you're working with people, what happens? There's tension, right? But I think that tension is really good sometimes. And so that's, that's what happens in a genuine church, in a genuine type of community, right? You, you fight with each other. You argue with one another. Um, you know, you go golfing with, 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 with someone and almost fight old people. Um, you know, not saying anyone in particular, but... But you do these types of things just so that you can have a stronger bond. And I think that that's something that's special with Woven is we have something here in the last two years, I think that God's been teaching us to really grow in relationship because that's the only way that we can have those roots and foundation to really do something big from this year and, and going forward. So that's, that's what I think Woven has done for me in the last two years. Paul, you're next. I'll share something really quick. So what surprised me about Woven um, over the last few years is actually my wife, Shelly. So, you know, she hasn't particularly been someone that steps up to the plate and um, <laughs> takes on these large, large leadership roles. And I, I've seen her um, take that challenge on head on, and she's been, she's been fully committed and dedicated. And then vice on, on the flip side, this is like the first time I've kind of been on the backside trying to, you know, Watch the, you know, take, make, you know, while she's serving and doing things for the church that I'm watching the kids. And so that's been a challenge for me. So that's been kind of a, a surprising thing, uh, a challenging thing for, for us because it's kind of like a role reversal, if you will, um, for years, you know, waking up early doing praise team and, and things like that. And then now it's, you know, vice versa where she would be getting the kids ready for church while I'm at praise practice. Now it's, you know, late night video conferences with Pastor Wayne and June while I'm trying to get the kids to sleep. So it's a little bit of role reversal, but I think all, all at the same time that has taught me over the last couple of years is um, learning how to serve differently, right? Out of, out of the light, um, out of the limelight of, you know, the servant role and serving so that my wife can serve. So. So I think uh, Woven has helped uh, me and my family um, because, you know, Luke and his story. But I wanted to share with you a, a, a very important person in my life. His name was uh, Father Sweeney. When I was in medical school, um, <clears throat> my father had passed away from cancer, and uh, I was going through a hard, hard time. Um, but he was there. Uh, he was always talking to me about life, and um, he wasn't the best uh, person to really talk to because he had a lot of stuff that he'd gone through too he was like you know an alcoholic recovering alcoholic and I mean he was like 90 but he was still smoking cigarettes like a <laughs> chimney I mean I'd go to the church and like you know he'd go to his office and smell like cigarettes and I'm like okay he's puffing away he's talking to me like am I talking to the right person 
but yeah, he he, um, he did help me a lot. He uh, guided me through my medical uh, school education. Um, my fourth year, he passed away. Uh, that was really hard. But he, you know, there was a message that he gave me. He said that he was always going to be around to watch me and my family, and uh, to watch me, uh, you know, uh, get through life and 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 the struggles and. I think till this day he's still there, he's still watching, and um, it's, so he's kind of led me here. So, anyway, thanks guys. Yeah, you know, we're relative newcomers to Houston. And, um, you know, when Tanya and I were thinking about making the move to Texas, we said, we don't know anybody in Texas, except for one good friend of mine up near Dallas, but that's four hours away. And, you know, in a very short amount of time, a year and a half, we now have a family here. And, you know, I was thinking, even before you asked us to share, Wayne, I, you know, I was looking around and I was thinking, oh, where, where, you know, where are they? You know, where, you know. Well, you know, I know where the Chons are, but <laughs> you know, I know where the Laos are, you know, but there are other people who are like, hey, where are they? Because this is now not just church. It's not just we show up on Sunday and, you know, punch the time clock. This is family. And, you know, our kids are engaged. They're happy here. They look forward to coming. Um, you know, they, they want to stick around. Uh, they don't want to, we might even have something to, to do after church. And we're like, come on, guys, let's go. And they're like, no, no, we don't want to leave. So, I mean, truly, Woven has become a family for us. So we are uh, very thankful for this group. Um, it's, um, you know, it, it's not to be taken for granted um, because real relationships are just so important. And, uh, you know, it's been completely genuine for us. So we, we, we thank this church. Uh, we thank our leadership. We just thank, you know, all of you for, for taking us in because it's, uh, really, it's really blessed our lives sincerely. has really uh, changed my life. Um, if it weren't for moving here, I wouldn't have met you guys, and my faith has been a lot stronger. Um, I also, sometimes I think, wow, like I'm very blessed to have an awesome church, awesome boyfriend, <laughs> sister-in-law. <laughs> um, but I, I also, I also want to um, stop and say thank you t to give the glory to God. Um, I think it's not just only the church. It's not just only Houston. It's the Holy Spirit. And sought by fervently and passionately by a group of believers, which are you guys. And so I also um, 
want to give the glory to God, and I want to thank him for giving me a second family, um, being far away from home. I, I miss my family sometimes, but I have you guys, and life is great. It's good. <laughs> Okay, uh, I think for me, um, things that have surprised me um, were that I've always grown up in a very traditional setting, Presbyterian background, Korean Presbyterian. You know, you attend church in a big church and um, very, um, you have to be very disciplined. There's expectations of how you're supposed to act. And I think woven, in a sense, turned that upside down for me. Uh, we meet in the school. Um, we, we load and unload all the, all the stuff. Um, and I think for me, it has uh, really questioned um, how I perceive church. And uh, the past two years have shown me it's not about the building you're in. It's not about certain rituals that you do every week. It's about the people. And uh, to see you all serving so faithfully, uh, like Sang said, week in, week out, making sure that we're running and we're moving and and. It's uh, very, very encouraging. I want to say thank you to Pastor Wayne. I, I've, we've known Pastor Wayne from the beginning when he first moved here to Houston. And uh, I want to say that over the past five, six years, he has changed and grown and matured tremendously. And uh, it's really great to be led by someone that leads by example. I've had many pastors that say all the right stuff. They preach very well, say all the right things. But like you said, you hear it and you forget it. But when you see it, you remember it. So I appreciate Pastor Wayne very much. So thank you. Uh, all right, Sang made me come up here. Um, what I really want to say is uh, it's, it's something that I was thinking about. Um, when I first moved to Houston, I thought that um, it would be good because I had a lot of friends from college here, and that's what I was going to rely on, and um, that didn't happen at all. <laughs> and so my first year in Houston was really hard, and I was really kind of sad and depressed, and I really didn't have a community. And then um, I came and met Bobby and Pastor Wayne and saying. Those are the first three that I really met. And then uh, we started this church. And um, it's kind of funny because when I first met them, I was moving to a new place in Spring Branch. And I moved everything by myself. I took like five carloads in my own car. No one helped me move a thing. Um, I just bought a new place. And I was moving last month. And I had so many people helping me that I didn't know what to do with all of them. Um, and it all changed because, you know, I started coming here and, we had a real community and had all these people that cared enough to take off a hot Saturday morning to come help me move stuff. Um, so, yeah. Are we on? Are there any burning desires? I think I really got to really got to share it. It's, 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 not, it's still open. Come on. Come on. I'm just... 
Use the short one there. Uh, no, my back hurts enough already. I was actually trying to make the message about how has this church humbled me as I was waiting for Andrew to call me to the stage. Uh, but it, um, every... Every meaningful church experience for me has, I, I just know that God was going through a very long, circuitous path to get me to where I am, which is fitting because most of my stories could be described as long and circuitous that I forget the original point. I'll try not to do it here. Um, I would not have been here without Jan. Um, I don't really like church settings and going into new church settings by myself. Um, I needed Jan to do that uh, when we hear, so I didn't have to worry about the facades I would normally put on. Um, and um, God put her in my life when we were both in East Texas, and we were lo looking for, I think both looking for someone who was not from East Texas. And so that was God-ordained, and then coming here was, I mean, almost, how did we find it? How did we find this church again? <laughs> All right. Better one. <laughs> I'll do the short mic thing. Just this thing. Um, I, I think Andrew knows the story. Uh, I think I told Jenny as well. But one of the first members of this church, Joan Chang, was a daughter of a deacon that I went to church with in Reno. Oh. And I hadn't spoken to that deacon in like two years. And out of the blue, when he texted me one day. This was while I was still living in Tyler. And he said, hey, how's it going? <laughs> and we started talking. I told him I moved to Houston. I was still searching for a church back then because I was still commuting back and forth between Tyler and to see him every weekend. I s told him I've been searching for some churches in Houston area that will accommodate both Korean and very Anglo background. <laughs> and he said. <laughs> the most Anglo background ever. And he said, oh, I think uh, my daughter went to a church that kind of is like that. Uh, I'll ask her and um, get back to you. He didn't get back to me, but that tri triggered me to look for um, the Korean Presbyterian Church in Katy that he was talking about. And one thing led to another. I found your blog, Pastor Wayne's blog, and found Woven Church. So it's no small miracle that I, it w I was able to find this church because I was looking mostly in Cyprus area, but God set the path before us and he is our rear garden. We've been blessed to call this place home. We're coming on one year since I, because um, we're also coming up on our one year anniversary, and I believe we started uh, the week before we got married, uh, was our first visit here. And I just wanted to say I've just been blessed to be able to get involved early. I, I knew early on that uh, this is a church I want to be part of, and I want, even if it meant doing the grunt work and carrying things and lights and once the lights are hooked up I really don't know what I'm doing anymore but <laughs> I, I just try to stay out of, uh, of Jan's way and everyone else's way so I don't get in but um, it's the kind of church where even if I can't be here beyond nine beyond ten o'clock I want to still be there and help and mm -hmm. I think that to me it's just the what I took from it and then uh, for uh, Sang and Bobby and and Chan to um let me be part of worship team when I can, and um, I had no idea I was going to be asked those questions that first week, but uh, it was really good. So, thank you. All right. All right. Keep it going. Yeah. 
the uh, newest members, I thought he'd come up here and share a little bit. Yeah. Um, we're, ju we're just so thankful that we found this church. Um, as you all know, we've moved, we have moved around a lot, and, uh, and, um, and having a sense of community and, and having people that you can um, you know, form relationships with and uh, bond with as, as family, it, it's, it's really important. Um, and, uh, uh, for, you know, for our children, for, for the longest time, that yes, uh, last week was really their first birthday that they ever had. We're so thankful that we were able to have a birthday party for them and, and have uh, a lot of people from church come out. So um, uh, I'm, just, I'm just so thankful that, that we were able to find this place and be a part of, part of your lives. So I wanted to say thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah. That's right. Do I switch? You want to go first? Let's tell them about how we found the church. You go. Oh. I don't know if I've told you all this, but a few years back, probably four or five years ago, we were living in Pearland and moved here about two years ago, not too far from where Paul and Sarah live, we lived. Um, <clears throat> anyway, I guess it was, guess it was about four or five years ago, we had, we had always said, we don't want to live in Katy, I'm not going to work in public school again. And we're we don't not going to go to a church, church that meets in a school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so those are three things we told ourselves back then, and then Jackie got a job in Katy, and then we moved to Katy, and then after that, I got a job in Katy, and then we found a church that meets in an elementary school. And of course, I work in a public school now, so <laughs> anyway, um, I guess it was April, uh, over a year ago, that I was walking around Rylander Elementary where Jackie works and Charlie goes to school, and I'm walk doing a dad volunteer opportunity thing. Watchdogs. Yeah, watchdogs, and I was walking around with this other dad. And I started talking to him and said, hey, man, uh, what do you do? I'm a pastor. And, <clears throat> and so we started talking and realized that, um, you know, as far as other pastors I've talked to in churches I've been to, a lot of ways see eye to eye with this guy here. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like uh, at the time, Jackie was having some issues with her leg, and we were kind of staying at home a lot. And I told him, I said, Someday I'll visit your church one time, <laughs> at least one time. And so uh, from April to July, you know, he didn't see me. But about a year ago, we visited the first time and, um, you know, went, went home and talked about it. And here we are. So it, I really appreciate uh, Pastor Wayne and being part of this church family. Is a, after visiting ten, 10 or so other churches before I talked to Pastor Wayne and not feeling good about any of those, you know, I kind of considered a miracle that I ran into him. Wow. And also, I'm <laughs> now, I usually don't get up in front of people and talk, so, <laughs> but anyway, um, so I just want to say, after that first Sunday that we did come, I mean, you know, and we came to a church of mostly Asian people, mm -hmm. and so, and everyone, you know, talking to Pastor Wayne and everything, really, his, his desire was for a multicultural church. Our desire is for a multicultural church, mm -hmm. and so I'm just so thankful for all of you guys. You know, we have a multicultural family, so we wanted to be a part of that. And, and you guys just welcomed us in and, 
you know, we get to laugh and joke, and you guys laugh at my jokes. I just love it. <laughs> so awesome. <laughs> but anyway, um, and so it is. Hey, I'm right with the white people. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Did I say that in the mic? <laughs> anyway, so, so we're just thankful to be here, and, you know, we have the same desire as you guys, and we just had to tell ourselves, this is our desire, this is their desire, so we got to get in there and really, you know, do the hard work, which is something I struggle with, making genuine, you know, friendships and things like that, so I appreciate all of you guys, and thanks. And, and thanks for being patient with our busy baseball schedule. <laughs> <laughs> we, have, we have a tournament next weekend, so we might not be here again, so... But you'll be with us at camp. That, that'll be huge. All right, Byron. Yeah. <laughs> Lifting forks at the buffet. <laughs> um, we're pretty new as well, um, and usually, Gloria's the uh, Gloria and Autumn. They're the family spokespeople. Um, and I just would stay, uh, I'm kind of a sit on the side kind of guy, Gloria loves to sit right in front. Uh, we bounced uh, to quite a few churches uh, since coming to Katy, and you know, Gloria would ask, hey, how was this? And my reaction would be somewhere between, meh, and, <laughs> and it was okay. Um, well, I'm glad you liked it, that type of thing. Um, so we, you know, she told me, okay, you know, we have another church, I want you to go to, uh, and this uh, this person from my job, uh, she goes to the church or whatnot. So I went, and I was uh, really impressed. Um, something about the sermon uh, spoke to me uh, in a way where I wasn't just listening. Uh, it wasn't, you know, something hit. Um, you know that feeling when you, well, I, I, you know the feeling. Um, <laughs> and, and the people, uh, you know, usually, like I said, I would sit on the side. Um, they'd do the talk, and Gloria's a talkative one, although y'all might not know that because y'all kind of drew me out. I do talk <laughs> a lot to you all. Now they're like, Dad, come on, let's go. And I'm like, no, no, talking about comics, you know, <laughs> uh, that type of thing. So I want to thank y'all. Uh, I'm glad, you know, blessed to meet all of you folks. Um, thank you. I on? Yeah, I think we should wrap it up because um, I can hear the children beginning to get hangry. <laughs> I think that was my daughter. I could hear the uh, in her voice. But um, man, Woven's cup is overflowing. Um, it feels like there were a lot of good deposits. So this is awesome. And I think this is a great, great second birthday. You know what? Let's close. Um, take a moment and Pull out the yellow communication card. I know we do this all the time, but um, maybe you can just say one thing that you're thankful for or if you have a prayer request and use this time to just um, jot down any thoughts or any last notes, in, any last thoughts in your notes. And uh, yeah, worship team, let's come on and, and do one more song. Halfway through, we'll go ahead and pass around. Yeah, perfect. We'll pass around the offering bag um, and we can put our 
communication card, and if you have a tither offering, we can do that at this time, too. Great. This is a song we've done before here, but um, I thought it would be appropriate for our second birthday, especially with all the testimonies. It feels like um, our relationship with Christ and our relationship with each other seems to be kind of the theme. So, um, and even myself personally, um, being in this community has really done a lot for me. And um, yeah, good community is hard to find, but when you find it, you know, um, and you can lean on each other, and uh, it's, it's definitely a blessing. Be the one to light the 
Lord, Father, thank you. Thank you for the many blessings that you poured into our lives. God, uh, we just give you glory and honor for this church, these people. Lord, we thank you for the things you're doing. God, thank you for those who have walked the gospel into our lives, God. I wouldn't be here without it. God, I just uh, recognize that and I praise you for it. And Lord, thank you for a fresh vision, God, uh, having eyes to see, Lord, not looking once and saying it's not there, looking twice, God, and dwelling on the blessings you poured into our lives. Thank you for this offering, God. Lord, it would, I uh, pray that it would uh, go forward and, and, served and uh, serve your kingdom, Lord, and be used in many ways. Glory and honor to you. And uh, hallelujah, Wovens 2. Praise you, Lord. Amen. Amen. This has been a Woven Church podcast. Woven Church is a multi-ethnic missional church that meets in West Houston. We invite you to check us out on Sunday mornings at 1030 a.m. To find out more, visit us online at www.wovenchurch.org. That's www.wovenchurch.org.